Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. And so I started looking at Psalm 23, and then um, it uh, became very apparent uh, what I should preach to you today on this July 5th. And so if you would, open up your Bibles to Psalm 23, and I, I want you to know if you're here visiting today, we have Bibles in front of you. If you don't have one with you, we, I encourage you to take that. If you don't own a copy of God's Word, I want you to open up that cover, and what it says is that this is a gift to you. So I would encourage you, if you do not own a copy of God's Word, that you take that one that's in front of you, you take it home, and you make it yours, all right? We've got more. We'll replace that one. Um, but we want you to know, and we think that it's important that everybody have a copy of God's Word that they can call their own. Well, uh, Psalm 23 is where I want you to turn to in your Bible. I'm just going to read one verse today out of Psalm 23, and it's verse number 4. And here's what Psalm 23, verse number 4 says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, um, it is normal for us to think about mountaintop experiences. Mountaintop experiences are great. Mountaintop experiences are joyous. Mountaintop experiences are usually once in a lifetime. I recall uh, being in Afghanistan and uh, having a mountaintop experience. Of going out there and seeing what it was like. But here's what the mountains are like when you're at the top. There's no grass growing. It's very windy. It's dangerous getting there. And it's dangerous leaving. And what most of us spend our lives in is not on the mountaintop, but in the valley. So I want to share with you today a little bit about valleys. And more importantly, I want to talk to you about the concept of going through the valley. You know, when I think of valleys, I think that they are places of different things. And, and the first thing I want to point out today is that valleys are places of battles. If you were here last uh, summer, I did a 10-week series on the beginning of the end times. You can't talk about the beginning of the end times except talking about a valley. It's called the Valley of Armageddon. There, one day, a phenomenal battle that has never been seen before will take place. It'll be on that, in that valley that Jesus Christ himself comes back and, and establishes his kingdom. You see, many times, valleys are places of battle. I don't know, maybe you today are in a, a valley and, and it's a place of battle for you. Well, in the fall of 1777, General George Washington took his small continental army 
and he uh, went to set up a winter retreat because in those days they didn't fight during the winter because they just didn't have the ability to move and maneuver. And he found a place called Valley Forge just outside of Philadelphia. And it was here in Valley Forge that they hid from the British Army. You see, in July of 1776, when these 56 men wrote this Declaration of Independence, they put together a Continental Army, and General Washington was asked to lead this, and he led it in a great victory. That awoke England, and the King of England sent a mighty force to us. And at that time, the British Army was the mightiest on the face of this earth. And they came. And the first thing they did was they took the city of Philadelphia, which was the capital at that time. And they did that in the summer of 1777. And so now George Washington, after this mountaintop experience, after this victory where the Continental Army destroyed the British troops that had been here, he now faced a much greater foe in the British Army. And so they retreated into the Valley Forge, a 20-mile stretch, 15,000 soldiers trying to have their winter quarters there. But here's what's interesting about those 15,000 soldiers. They were made up of Englishmen. They were made up of Irishmen, Germans, Polish. One out of every seven soldiers was a black continental soldier. That was the first time a fully integrated army took the field in our nation's history. And the shame of it is that it was 170 years later in North Korea, or in Korea before we would field a fully integrated military force again. Well, you know, not only are valleys places of battle, but valleys are also places of loneliness. General Washington himself, this was a season of despair. He um, he experienced uh, despair, A, because his military, his continental army, they did not, uh, they weren't clothed properly. Most of the soldiers didn't even have shoes, and you could follow them by the trail of blood from their bare feet over the cold, frozen ground. And then, after that great victory, and everyone loved General Washington, and now they experienced defeat and they lost their capital city of Philadelphia, now General Washington's leadership's being questioned. You know, that's how it happens. When things are going great, very little question your leadership. When things fall apart, all of a sudden, everyone else looks better. And so, uh, General Washington experienced this season, this winter. During this winter, one out of every ten Continental soldiers deserted. Why? Because valleys are places of loneliness. Not only was the leader of 15,000 men isolated and alone, but the very soldiers that had signed their life to fight were alone. And one out of every ten deserted their army. One out of every ten deserted their post. I don't know if you've watched the news, but last summer in June of 2019 there's a guy by the name of Josh Harris he became famous he wrote the book I Kiss Dating Goodbye 
It was something that was embraced in the church. He was embraced in the church. He even, went on, he, pre, he pastored the church from 2004 to 2015. In June of last year, he wrote that he has lost his religion. He no longer considers himself a Christian. You see, Josh Harris, he entered a valley, and it was a valley of loneliness. I don't believe that Josh Harris is the only Christ follower to experience something like that. I'm convinced that there are people hearing the sound of my voice. There are people watching online, sitting in their living rooms, that are in a valley of loneliness. And you're considering walking away from your faith. Just like one out of every ten continental soldiers did. Well, valleys aren't just places of battle and valleys aren't just places of loneliness. You'll find out, and I'm sure that you could say amen to this, but valleys are places of suffering. General Washington wrote to the um, Continental Congress and he told them, my men are naked and starving. Now, many believe that um, General Washington not only was a great warrior and a great leader, but he was a great marketer. Because the men weren't naked, although they didn't have shoes, they, they had to steal the British um, uniforms and then dye them blue so that they would have quality wear. But he pictured his army as naked and suffering. And the reality was, it was a difficult task to feed 15,000 soldiers. It was a difficult task to clothe 15,000 soldiers. And so he reaches out to the Continental Congress, and what they did was send him money, but the problem is the money was of little value. Farmers didn't want to give them livestock for those dollars because those dollars were worthless. And over this winter, one out of every four Continental soldiers died from disease. Now, if you're putting up the math, over 5,000 now. He walks in with 15,000 men, a ragtag, a mob described by many, and now he's down to 10,000. But here's the reality, that when we go into a valley and we experience suffering, suffering is a choice. Will there be difficulty in the valley? Absolutely. Will you experience pain in the valleys that life throws at you? You better believe it. Will you have challenges that you have to overcome in your valleys? That's a big hearty yes. The reality is that valleys bring difficulties, pain, and challenges. And if you let it, it brings suffering. But it's our choice. Are we going to be uh, one who embraces the suffering, who makes ourselves a victim, who refuses to fight our way through the valley? And perish in the suffering. It doesn't have to be so. And General Washington, what he learned in the Valley Forge is that the valley can also be a place of refreshment. You see, uh, if you do any kind of research on the val in Valley Forge, you will find out that um, they call this the crucible. 
And if, if there's any chemistry majors here, or if you've taken a chemistry class, you know what a crucible is. It's a cup where you can put a metal in there and you can apply heat to it. And what does that crucible do? It allows you to refine that metal. You put gold in there and you liquefy it and then the impurities rise to the top and you can get rid of that. Well, that's what happened with General Washington's Continental Army in the Valley Forge. They reached this crucible. They reached the, the crucible because of the loneliness and the desertion that was happening. They reached this crucible because of the disease that was, they were experiencing. And then Benjamin Franklin sent General Washington a friend. His name was Baron von Steuben. A very successful warrior in the Prussian army. At that time, even greater than what the British army had done. And Baron von Steuben was asked by General Washington, go and evaluate my troops. Tell me, where are we? And the information he got back from Baron von Steuben was not exciting. It was disheartening. And so he asked, can you train them? And Baron von Steuben said, give me 100 men. And he trained this group of elite warriors. And this group of elite warriors went and trained the others. And then in April 1778, the nation of France committed to supporting the Continental Army. Not because they loved what we were doing here, but because they hated the British. And when that word reached General Howe, he took his army out of Philadelphia, abandoned Philadelphia, and Washington saw an opportunity. And the army, as it retreated from Philadelphia to New York, he attacked it. And the Continental Army that was beaten so badly in the summer of 1777, in the summer of 1778, was victorious warriors. France was asked, why did you commit to the Continental Army? And they said that we had put a spy in General Washington's army. And it was later reported that that spy's name was Baron von Steuben. See, here's the reality. In the valley, you're going to get to know God better. Whether your valley is a, a battle, whether your valley is one of loneliness, whether your valley is one of suffering, you can get to know God at a better level than you ever have in your entire life in the valley. And here's what I've experienced. When you get to know God better, you get to see yourself more clearly. It's not up on the mountaintops. The mountaintops are great for pictures. It's in the valley where growth happens. It's in the valley where life flourishes. It's in the valley where you get to understand who you are in the sight of God Almighty. For General George Washington, there is no more famous portrait than the one of him standing beside, or kneeling beside his horse traveler in prayer. And I hope that you find that your valley is a place of prayer. As I prepared this message, God convicted me that July is a month that I will pray more.
What does your valley look like? Are you in the valley of discontent? Are you in the valley where nothing seems to make you happy? Are you in the valley where nothing seems to be going your way? Are you in the valley where um, even if you won the lottery, it still wouldn't be right? Maybe you're in the valley of financial collapse. You're in a valley where the um, stimulus check wasn't enough and you're spending more time praying for the next stimulus check than you are for your family members that are lost and one day will spend eternity in hell. Maybe you're in the valley of cancer and, and you've got the, the diagnosis. Maybe you're in the valley of a, a severe health trauma, much like Pastor Lee is experiencing right now. Maybe your valley is called divorce or a broken relationship or relationships. And you're wondering, where is God? And you're ready to walk out on your faith because of this valley. Maybe your valley is the valley of addiction. Maybe your valley is simply the valley of despair where all you can do is shrug, where all you can do is throw your hands up. You don't have energy. You don't have a desire. And all you do want to do is walk away from it all. Whether your valley is a battle, whether it's one of loneliness, whether it's one of suffering, I want to read Psalm 23, 4 to you one more time. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why could the psalmist say, even though I'm walking through the worst possible valley, why does he say that I will fear no evil? He gives the answer. For you are with me. But he doesn't stop there. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, sometimes we lose sight of exactly what the rod and the staff were. The rod and the staff were one instrument. It wasn't two, it was one. And if you've ever seen a shepherd's staff, at the top there's that, that crook, that hook. That top was the rod. The long portion was the staff. And what the staff did was it allowed that shepherd to be able to rest, to go wherever the sheep were. And if there wasn't a rock to sit on, they could just lean against the staff. That that staff also was used to guide the sheep in the right direction if they got off track. That's why the psalmist says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But you see, that rod portion is different. It was meant to protect the flock. It was what the lions and the bears would be hit with. It was meant to rescue that lamb that had fallen over a cliff and to pull them out. It was meant to pull them back from danger. You see, the rod was also meant to count. And what the shepherd would do is, if they were going in through a gate, he would put the, the, the rod over that, and he would count the sheep. And in Matthew and Luke, there's a parable where Jesus shares the story that the shepherd, if he had 100 sheep, and he counts them, and he only has 99 that entered into the gate, he would leave the 99, and he would go to find the one. Why is that? It's because of Psalm 23 in verse 1. And Psalm 23 in verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, 
And here's what I want to ask you. Can you today say that the Lord is my shepherd? If you can say that, you can read the last verse in verse 6 in this chapter. And it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But here's the reality, church. If you cannot say those words, the Lord is my shepherd, you can't say the words that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you're watching online, I would encourage you to go to our website, tbccentralia.com slash next. And there's some next steps that all of us, no matter where we're at in our walk and our faith, need to take. And the first one, the most important one, the one that will make a difference in your life more than any other decision you make is the decision to take the step of getting in, to calling God your Lord and Savior, not just your shepherd. You see, here's the reality, that all of us are probably in a valley at this moment. And I don't know if it's a battle valley. I don't know if it's a loneliness valley. I don't know if it's a valley of suffering. I don't know if you've reached that point of refreshment. But here's what I want you to know. When you go through that valley, your shepherd has the staff out and he's counting. And I wonder... While he's counting, will he miss your name? Because you gave up. Because you deserted your faith. You see, Scripture tells us, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. See, we can forsake God. We can forsake Jesus Christ. But he will never forsake us. That's the power of your shepherd. That's why we can say, even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The worship team is going to sing a song about the valley. And here's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm asking you to listen to those words. And I'm asking you to do what George Washington did. Pray. If you're in a battle, I ask that you would just ask God to show you what's the next step. If you find yourself at a place of loneliness where you think that nobody cares about you, call out to your God, your Savior. Call out to Jesus Christ. Because Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells these very simple words. That if you believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and that God raised him from the dead because he died for your sins, you will be saved. And you can call him your shepherd. And you can say, even though my shepherd's with me, even though that rod that hurts sometimes is there to comfort me, even though the worst happens to you in life, one day, you will spend eternity in the house of God. Not here on this earth, 
Not through those doors, but with a new glorified body. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.